Welcome to another episode of Love Notes. This is Taquita Love, a nurse and a comedian. You think you could bring your brother the clear machine home? You know the revival. <laughs> and I'm talking to my funny friends about medical mishaps. Clear! <laughs> you are listening to Love Notes. I, I see your name is Mike Head. That is that is my real name, Miss Love. Last last name head. Last name head. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just gonna, you know. I know I'm not trying to, you know. Hey, hey, it is what it is. Like you're the first person to ask me that. I'm pretty sure it's not hard for you to ask. Okay, I'm being I'm being naughty. I'm being naughty. I don't even know you like that to have those conversations. Um, <laughs> but Mike, you go by what comedian Mike Head? Uh, just Mike Head? Yeah, I just go by Mike Head. That's that's oh, it. Okay. That's my stage name. You know, masters, masters degree, mental health man, comedian, impersonator, all of that. All of that. You make it <laughs> sound good though. <laughs> You gotta, you know, you do a lot. Y'all welcome Mike Head to Love Notes. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because you said YouTube sensation. I got like a hundred, one hundred subscribers. I don't well, know I got twenty. So to me, you are a sensation. <laughs> that's a uh, So uh, unlike most of my guests on on Love Notes, uh, me and you have not met in person. We don't have any like comedian stories or you know we met on instagram uh and i honestly can say me being a nurse and working during the pandemic i'm working from home but needing the comedic relief uh you know it don't necessarily have to come from myself and when i saw your instagram videos of your impersonations there was one of will smith and there was one of morgan freeman I was like, yo, this dude is ridiculous. And I think just it was just a repost, a repost, a repost. And I reached out to you and was like, yo, how you do that there? <laughs> and now you on my podcast. So thank you for taking the time to, you know, chop it up with me. Ashley, you know, get to meet me and get to know me. Sure. Uh, and I look forward to learning more about you. Uh, so <clears throat> tell us what your comedy journey uh, was like. Yeah, it could be in a nutshell on, you know, how you started and um, your evolution. I know you had some big milestones in comedy um, already. Mm-hmm. So if you don't mind sharing those and uh, and bring us up to speed to where you are now. Uh, yeah. it's, been, it's just been a lot of, it's definitely been a learning process. It's, uh, it's been a lot of, you know, as you know, just like ups and downs, just like super high moments and super low ones. Um, mm-hmm. I started, I think the first time I stepped on stage was like 2006. And then, um, I kind of like chill cause I, I, I really didn't want to become a comedian at that point. I just did it. Cause I wasn't playing basketball no more and I had nothing else to do, you know? And so, um, okay. and, and I got, I got married that next year, 2007. And so I really was not like all serious and hitting open mics. Cause I wasn't, I was like, I, I had a, I had a daughter at that time. I was four, I 
just got married, uh, about to have another baby. I was working mm-hmm. and it was just like, ah, I'm going to just try it and do it every once in a while. And then she left me. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> so, okay. And, and then that's what started me doing the comedy. So like she left, um, and I, you know, got shared custody of the kids. And then I was just like, man, what am I going to do? Like, what do mm-hmm. I really want to do? And so I started kind of like hitting the clubs and the open mics. And I really kind of like fell in love with it. I started doing the acting. Um, I started getting into theater. Um, and it just kind of like, yeah, just kind of snowballed after that. Um like one of the biggest milestones, well, I have, I've had a few, like I know in 2013, which is a while back, I, I was one of the finalists in the first Comedy Wings competition at the American Black Film Festival. Yes, um, I saw that. Yeah. And so um, I got to meet Zainab, which you, you probably know Zainab, and uh, she won first place. And yeah. um, I remember that. And uh, yeah. And I lost by like two points from what, uh, you know, some of the judges told me. So I was almost almost there, but it was still a great experience, man. Just like I was performing in front of like Spike Lee and Sanaa Lathan was there and me along. And they was all laughing. I'm just like, they laughing at my jokes. I'm like, this is crazy. So it just was, uh, I've got to meet Bob Sumner, you know, I'm sure you know Bob and, and uh, or have met him. And so just meeting all of those people, just uh, it just kind of like blew my mind. Like I saw Sally Richardson and just like was gushing over her. I'm just like, wow, all of these, you know, this is like black Hollywood at its, at its, at its finest. You know what I'm saying? And, and it was it was just kind of just blew my mind. And then, uh, and then actually Bob helped me get into um, With This Ring, that movie, uh, Lifetime movie with uh, Jill Scott and Gabrielle Union, Regina Hall. Um, and all of them, and I had a scene with Regina, Regina, and um, that was crazy. That was a big, yeah. That was like because I had never met her, and then they just sat me down in front of her, and was just like, "Okay, just ad lib." And I was like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, yes. "What you you want me to with who with her? Like she's your pro at this. This is my first movie. Like, and so, so yeah, that was that was an experience, man. That was like a real high for me." just to go back and forth with her on screen. Um, and lately, just like this past year alone, um, I was a finalist on uh, for the NBC stand-up for diversity, whatever. I don't know if they still call it that, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I was a finalist for that. That was, uh, yeah, that was a real highlight, but I did not do well in the finals. Yeah, what year was that? That was just that was 2019. That was the okay. end end of 2019. Yeah, yeah, right in November. Yeah, November. Yeah, November 2019. Yeah. Okay, you made it further than me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's crazy, though, I feel like a lot of people that I met their comedy journey. Very few people that I meet is kind of like, oh, I was a comedian out the womb. <laughs> and those people, you know, you know, you see them, and they they're always on. Uh, but my comedy journey was different too. I did not want to be a comedian. It wasn't like something that I was like funny. I was an awkward kid growing up. I wore glasses. I didn't need them. Mm. You know, I was one of those. <laughs> um, 
and comedy kind of fell in my lap you know it was yes. one of those things where like I, I was a nurse a travel nurse I was in LA didn't know anybody was an introvert took an improv class improv class turned into uh doing sketch writing that was second city then UCB and mm -hmm. when I performed people weren't you know people did not give me praise about my acting or my character work mm -hmm. it was my stories they was like oh that story you told about when, when your friend left the keys in the car mm -hmm. and made you have to you know climb in the window that was funny girl <laughs> like it would be it would be those moments and then i realized that that was my angle like my life is funny and mm -hmm. the stories that i so it was just one of those things that like I got there at some point and it was like, I could curse a doctor out on stage. I can't do that at work. Right. <laughs> and I also think, you know, something you mentioned was the, you know, there's a, there is a sense of like go time when you go through, a, when you go through a loss and a lot of grieving uh, relationships change. And I think a lot of people do go hard and it's kind of like the survival skills or like in your body. It's like, you know, I gotta, I gotta take care of me. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I know you skipped over, you know, the reason why she left and we not here for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but I think it's dope. Uh, you did have really great milestones in comedy. And then, you know, up to now, you know, I saw you on the internet and it was like, this is where we at right now. Like the mm -hmm. internet can change your, your world. Yeah. comedically yeah 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 and i didn't even want to do like impressions to be honest like i was the one that was just like because I, I i like your i love your sense of humor like i watch your videos and i i love your delivery and your stage presence and it's you. you know mine is it's not like you know how you see some comics and they just like way over the top you know what i'm saying and so it's just that's that's just not what I gravitate towards, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm real laid back like yourself on stage, and it's about you know for me, you know, the structure and delivery and you know all that the the, the technicalities of, of of a joke, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, and so I forgot where I was going with that point. What was we talking about? <laughs> uh, this is just about the comedy journey and. You know, you kind of was talking about how your style, what your style is, and how you got into impersonations, which right. you kill. <laughs> and and I don't, yeah, you kill them. And I'll be like, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know what? And that's, yeah, that's what I was talking about. I forgot. I, I got a short term memory loss. But uh, so, but yeah, I didn't even like really, it was just something to, to to do to like have a, a, a online presence because everybody was like you got to make videos you got to make and I was you know just focused on the writing and the, the just being a comic and just like this is what I you know and everybody's like no oh, you got to do this you got to make you got to do sketches and I'm like I don't want to do sketches like I, I that's that's not me and so I started doing the impressions and people was just like, man, you sound like some of these people. And I would just do them like in my everyday life. I would just imitate people or just, you know, somebody at my job or, you know, something I saw on TV. And then I was just like, all right. So I started doing the videos and people was like, man, this crap is hilarious. Yes. And I was just like, all right, well, 
you know, I guess I'll start doing them and putting them out there. And, uh, yeah. Okay. How mentally do you prepare for the, is it something that just come out naturally? Do you study the people intensely or like, how did, what do you pick up on when you do the impersonations? For me, I have to, like, I have to get their mannerisms down. Um, like not just their voice, um, the mannerisms really put me into like the headspace of being them. You know what I mean? Like, like their little habits. Like I always, when I do Idris, like I always like I'm rubbing my rubbing my beard, or you know, he always is like very deliberate in how he talks. He's just pausing. He's he's you know squinting all the time and all that kind of stuff. Like so, I take everything, all of those into account. It's not just the voice. Um, so that's, that's what really helps me. Like I study everything about them. I look at their interviews. Um, yeah. And I, and then I just keep doing it until I hear it. It's, it's, it's almost kind of like singing. Like you get a, you, you got to get that, like that pitch mm-hmm. and, um, and then it just kind of comes together and I throw it out there and okay. try it. Yeah. To you, what's your best, uh, impression or who, who do you nail the best to you? Um, the and e- I hate to say nail. I re- I rephrase that. Um, like who do you you know who do you emulate best <laughs> when you, you do your impersonations? I think the the most the natural one for me the most natural one for me where I can just kind of like just do forever in in conversation is Judge Mathis and Idris. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Like I can do them just in regular conversation and without, yeah, without really thinking too much. So if I, if I wanted to ask Mike Head as Judge Mathis a question. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) Judge Mathis slash Mike Head, comedian, extraordinary YouTube sensation, Instagram star. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what do you think about the COVID situation in America right now? Ma'am, I just, I'm not taking the vaccine. That's that's my whole thing. Did you see that lady pass out on, on, on national TV, ma'am? Did you see that? She passed out. I'm not taking the vaccine. That's, you know, that's just not, I'm not going to do it. I take cod liver oil, Hennessy, and apple cider vinegar, ma'am. That keeps away the COVID. That's all I need. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I meant to put you on the spot. Okay. <laughs> okay, now you ain't mentioned nothing. Now, nail crackhead. I'm so proud of you, Judge <laughs> Oh, my God. That was so dope. Um yeah, so that just came naturally. Y'all, if y'all don't know this man, my kid, you will know him. You should know him. Uh, I found him, and I'm happy I did. Um, uh, and what would be, like, the one that you, your least favorable one that you do? My least favorite? Uh, it's always hard for me to get into my Morgan Freeman voice. Um, yeah, it's, he has a certain way that he talks, 
uh, and it and it's it's hard for me to get into him. I just started doing Ti, so it took me a while to get him. Um, when you I, say a while, how much time do you think? Like, does it take for you to get like and like body these people? Mm, I I'll do them for like maybe two weeks before I try them. You okay. know, yeah, two two and a half weeks where I'm just studying and recording myself. You know, just just continuing to practice. I, I kind of like practice on other people to see what they think. You okay. Know? So, yeah. That's dope. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> so dope. I felt like Judge Mathis was going to call me a crack. I, I feel like I was going to get called a crackhead at some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, is there someone that you want to impersonate that you haven't got down packed yet? Like, who next on your hit list of impersonations? You know what? I don't know, man. Like, they just randomly come to me you know what mm-hmm. i mean and i just i have to stay within like like i said it's like singing i got to stay within my range you know what i'm saying a lot of times people don't realize like the people i uh, impersonate they uh like idris barack uh tracy morgan morgan freeman they're all within my like pitch in my range i just avoid, adjust my voice just a little bit mm-hmm. and it just makes a difference but they but they sound so different but at the same time they're really not you know what i'm saying so yeah and i thought that you do the sexiest man alive Uh, (laughs) i don't think he's ever gonna call me um can we can we get a taste of that a little bit just a little bit if you don't mind i know i'm putting you on blast but no 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 that's 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 quite all right so um (laughs) You're a very, very beautiful girl. So um, I don't think that you should ever be, um, you know, insecure about me calling you. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, free to come over and uh, have some tea. Um, and I love that your, you know, that your last name is Love. So that's very sexy. And, um, you know, we're both dark-skinned individuals. I think we can, you know, make something happen. Um, so, a <laughs> bam. <laughs> okay, well, you better stop. That's enough. It's daytime. Uh, no, but no, dope, super dope. How do you incorporate these uh, impersonations in your stand-up, or have you done that yet? Because I haven't uh, had a chance to see you live. Um, uh, I, I, I honestly, I, I. You may catch one impersonation out of me in in in, in a set in a in a feature set or a headline set. Like I just I really generally don't do them. Okay. Um, like I have a joke where I incorporate uh, Morgan Freeman into one of my jokes, and okay. I used to do Barack a lot. You know, when he first got elected, like I had a whole like ten minutes on that dude. But now, I mean, like. Even back then, like I was only doing it a couple times. I just generally just don't do it. I, I just re- kind of rely on just, I just love writing jokes. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, yeah. Um, what uh, I know that you mentioned some of your highlights in comedy being uh, making it to the finals and uh, the NBC Stand Up for Diversity. Did you, was it the finals that you made it to? Yes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and also in 2013, um, being a finalist in the ABFF uh, Comedy Wings Comedy Festival mm-hmm. um, or competition. 
uh, what was, you know, the lowest moment in comedy? It could be a bomb story or just one of those moments where it was like, is this something I should continue doing? <laughs> um, I would have to say, uh, I think last, last year, the NBC finals, that was like, I think that was my lowest point. Mm-hmm. I was really super... And I didn't even really have to win. I just wanted to do well. And I didn't do well at all. Um, and why do you think you didn't do well? And what is not doing well to you? Um. So, like, in the semifinals, like, I knew, like, that not being Eric, like, I knew I was going to go to the finals. Like, I, I just, I, I crushed it. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like, I have to go. I was like, if I don't, I know I laid it all out there and like, whatever, you know what I'm saying? I just know I smashed that night. And, and it's just like, that's something that I've had to like tell myself because I'm, I'm all, people always get on me about being too modest and stuff like that. And I just was like, because I've just, now, I'm like you, I was like real awkward and shy and just like, mm-hmm. you know, for most of my life. But I went to the finals and I was the first comic on stage after the host and you know nobody wants that first spot you know and so i was pissed about that but i was just like i'm gonna go up here and you know kill him i'm gonna try to go up here and kill him and so people just were like it was an industry crowd it was a lot of agents and just like comics that was just like coming to check out the show it wasn't like a regular like club show that so that energy wasn't there and i'm trying to like I'm trying to give them the energy and I just wasn't getting nothing back. I was just like getting chuckles and like a few laughs here and there. And in the finals, you only get seven minutes, you yeah. know? And so you can't dig yourself out of a hole in seven minutes. And so, um, you can, I mean, you can, but that's very like when you get up there, you, you say, Hey, what's up? trying to set the premise for your first joke that's you know that's two minutes off the clock right there you know what i'm saying and then you got the five minutes to like try to kill him yeah it just didn't happen and so do you think you were in your head about the response that you got from the audience i definitely got him after like the first two and a half three minutes i was like yeah i said i ain't gonna be able to do nothing like it's, Mm -hmm. it's it's over and I and I could just feel like I'm not gonna win. Like I was just talking to myself, like this is bad. I was like, I'm the first comic, and so I was trying to give them energy, but like, because when I emailed my set, like you had to transcribe your set, yeah. And like they emailed me back, and they was just like, oh, this these jokes are gonna kill, and I was like, oh, okay, like cool, like, and it just did not happen, man. I did not okay. get any, any, and I, I left the stage after I got off the stage and was just walking down the street of LA, like with tears in my eyes, just like, just, I was so, I was so broken. Oh, it yeah, was, that was at the improv, the Hollywood improv. Yeah, man. Oh, it was but, horrible. But do you think that you got anything out of it? Because in my experience, you know, I have relationships with people that I met in line at the NBC yeah. <laughs> diversity um, uh, uh, 
diversity competition or festival? Yeah, like, it, it was a like it's a great opportunity um, to get in front of those people. Like, you know, I met some agents out there. Like, even though I had a bad set, you know, an agent still approached me. Yeah, and she just was like. I liked you. You were my favorite comic. And I was like, what? I said, stop. I said, I couldn't have been your favorite. Cause she was like, yeah, I like, you know, she was, she just enjoyed my material. Mm-hmm. And so me and her still talk, you know, we haven't started like working together or she hasn't signed me or whatever, but she was just real impressed by, I guess, you know, my set or whatever. So that was definitely a plus. And just being able to go and step foot on NBC studios and, yeah. and, and talk to casting directors and stuff like that was was super dope you know yeah it's life-changing like you i feel like you don't know what the setup will be or what the payoff will be in the future yeah but that exposure those opportunities are something definitely that sometimes i know that we want we want things like it's like i want that and then it's kind of like it may not be the that time for you to get that, but you don't know what what you did will prepare you for what's next. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like that's the hard pill to swallow in the moment, but you know when you look back on it later, and you know like you accomplish goals that you set for yourself, and it'll be like, oh, if I never did that set at that particular place and met that particular person who mm-hmm. vouched for this particular project, I wouldn't be filming this. Like, it's one of those things where everything connected. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had an experience similar to yours. I did Big Sky Comedy Festival mm. uh, last year. Okay. And it was one of those things where I did make it to the finals. Mm. Uh, I had sets. I had, like, one set. It was horrible. Uh, you know, I have my tried and true material. Like, I know this hit. I know this pause. I know this look. Mm. I know this stance. And, you know, the audience was different than what I was used to. Mm. Uh, it was in Billings, Montana. Mm. Uh, not all of my jokes were relatable to the audience. <laughs> uh, you know, but I, I made it. <laughs> one of the running jokes was there was a, uh, you know, I was like one of the only black women. I think mm-hmm. I was the only black woman um, in that comedy festival at mm-hmm. that year. And there was another black woman who was working with the group. Like she was doing tickets and those type of things. Uh, and everybody thought that we were the same person. You know, so it was just like, <laughs> they were just like, you know, she was like, girl, I got 20 people that said I killed it tonight. And she was like, and they, they thought I was you. And I was like, I had 20 people ask me for tickets and I just got off stage, you know? Like, That's hilarious. Um, but it's so crazy because I didn't win. Uh, and I shared the stage with like very great comedians. I met so many people, but I have relationships now with uh, managers and agents, um, casting directors. And, you know, I didn't, you know, you go home and you think you lost, but then, you know, this is a year later um, and I'm booking and, you know, I have a different type of relationship with people that I would have never met in any other circumstance. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, you know, we share more than just being chocolate, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and I know that you, uh, you use your voice a lot. Uh, how do you keep your voice, you know, in the range and all those things? Do you have any like remedies for your, you know, to keep it? Uh, I don't. I, I ain't gonna sit up here in front. Tea? I really, I'm not really a tea drinker. I, I really have never drank tea. Uh, but 
yeah, there's no thing that I do with my voice, <laughs> actually. Just, yeah. Like, I just got it. I just woke up like this. Well, <laughs> just rubbing my beard and giving them all whoever they want. Will, Idris, Morgan, who want to get it? <laughs> um, any unexpected trips to the emergency room uh, recently? Or yeah. Um, I actually had COVID. So, um, the Rona? Yeah, I had the Rona. Which, okay, so I think, and this is not in any way to, you know, to like diminish or, you know, minimize anybody that has dealt with COVID-19, the Rona. Uh, Do you think that people have different names for it based on how severe they get it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, I had the Rona. I didn't have COVID-19. Like, I'll say that. Like, COVID-19 to me is like, that's the real real deal but i Mm -hmm. I had to i had to roll up okay Uh, yeah and so i did have to go to the emergency room one night uh i you still got it you plant you good (laughs) just lasting effects you know what i mean okay (laughs) but uh yeah i i started feeling funny one day and i was just like man like because i i i used to have anxiety attacks and stuff like that so i would get like you know, dizzy and lightheaded and stuff like that. And that's what it felt like. I was like, dang, I ain't had one of these in a long time. Like, I must be stressing. But it was like, it lasted all day. I was like, damn, like, what's going on? And the next day I woke up cold sweat. My bed was just soaked. Like, I, I oh, wow. and my fever just shot up. And for that next, for the next two weeks, I had a fever on and off for the next two weeks. And did you take your temperature or you just knew that you had a fever? Oh yeah, I took I took my temperature. I was taking it every day. You know? Okay. That's, um, a, that's a grown man. You got you got tools in the house. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. And um so I had a temperature for the next two weeks. I was nauseous. Uh I lost some weight. Mm-hmm. Um I was I wasn't really coughing, but my body was like super sore. It felt like I played and like an NFL game like every day because my back, my neck, legs, everything was sore. Then the the second week, uh, my chest started to be sore. Um, like the the aches and pains that I was having was creeping around from my back to like the the on the outside of my lungs. And so oh, wow. when, I, when I exhaled, um, it was it was kind of sore. And so my doctor was like, "Yeah, you need to come to the hospital." So. When you say sore, is it like was it like tightness where you felt like you could only get so much air or what? Yeah, that's the thing. It wasn't to where I I wasn't getting enough air. It's just it was a little bit different that I think people were experiencing because mm-hmm. I I really because come to find out I wasn't having any breathing problems. It was just the muscles in my chest and around my lungs were sore. Okay. It wasn't okay. actually a, the the COVID wasn't affecting my lungs. Like it has some people, it was just the, the, just the muscles. And so when I exhale, it just was, it was sore. You know, it felt like somebody had punched me in my rib. Okay. And so the doctor had to check to make sure I didn't have, I guess, you know, the pulmonary embolisms or, or I don't know if I'm saying the right thing, but so. The infiltrates in your chest, yeah. like a chest x-ray to make sure it didn't like take over your lungs. Yeah. Okay, so that's the nurse, the nurse in me crack out, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> the infiltrates on the X-ray. Thank you. 
Um, and so, yeah, the, the the doc had to do an EKG and, you know, chest X-ray, X-ray and all that other kind of stuff. So, you know, and then they, hours later, they let me go. Hey, that's a good feeling. Yes. Uh, did, did, they, did they give you the hydroxychloroquine? Uh, no, they did not. They just gave me some some asthma stuff, some like albuterol or something like that and, and told okay. me, you know, take a puff of that every couple of hours or something. Did it did it help? Um, I did it for a little while, but it it really didn't help. Okay. It it was more so the the Aleve and the the Tylenol to help, you know, help my chest stop hurting and stuff. So okay. it, it took those body aches away. What, what was it like like to go to the emergency room when it happened? Was it like what everybody thought it was like where people were just like all over the place? Because I envision you know, like a scene from like a horror movie, <laughs> the way that they describe it on the news. And I haven't been to an ER, you know, during the COVID-19 mm-hmm. era. So was it as bad as the media made it seem to be when you... When I walked in, I didn't see all of that. Like the people in the hospital beds lined up against the wall and, you know, people scrambling around. Because I, I mean, because when I went in, they didn't put me like on a COVID floor. So... You know, it might have been like that. You know, they put me in one of the, you know, the rooms that they have on the on the lower level. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So after they triage you or whatever. But yeah, it was it wasn't like crazy or nothing like that. I know the girl that was checking me in. She didn't. She was like listening to her like her AirPods and her, uh, and I came in and she was just like some young chick and, and she was just like okay. Um, have you been exposed to COVID within the past, you know, 14 days? Blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, yeah, I got COVID right now. She she backed up so fast. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> Why am I envisioning her smacking her weed? Oh, yeah, that's what she was doing. She was, you know, pat, patting on the right oh. side of her head. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Opening and closing her hands. She had the long nails. Oh my god. No, don't do that to my medical professional. <laughs> oh, well she was she was like security. She was just, you know, like checking people in at the front door. No. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So yes, yeah. Just whatever you thinking, that's what she that's how she looked. I imagine uh, Smokey Mama from Friday, based on your description, was like, make it enough. <laughs> yep, pretty close. Pretty close. Uh-oh. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, man. And so uh, the interactions with the nurses and doctors, did they seem scared? Or, and like, was it, it wasn't as bad as people made it seem? Because I was terrified. Um, I'm like, I ain't going to know. I'm like, I didn't leave my house for months. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people. Every, I mean, it's the doctor was serious about it. Like the head doctor, when he came in, he was just like, "Yeah, you're not going anywhere." He was like, "Your chest is hurting." He was like, "Nope, you're not going." He was like, "You're gonna stay right there." Like he was, he had a serious look on his face, and which kind of scared me a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but yeah, I, I'm just like you said. I'm just thankful that I did not have to be on a respirator. Yes, because um, it's it's. People are saying like if you have pre-existing conditions, you, you know you're at, and it, and it probably you probably are at greater risk. But I got friends, and I I knew people that like perfectly healthy, mm-hmm. and they just you know it it's, it's took them out. You know what I mean? Like it's it's they were in the hospital like on ventilators. Guys my age that are not overweight or you know diabetic and 
yeah, man, it's 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 crazy, man. Yeah. But no, I'm just happy that you're good. Um, you know, uh, other comedians that I had on the show, I know Ronnie Perry, he had COVID and recovered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I saw the DL Hughley passed out on uh on stage and I was just like, Oh my goodness, I ain't trying to do no shows. I'm scared. I brought my own mic to yes. do shows. Yes. You know, and it was just it's one of those things where it's kinda like we can't control it. No, nah, you know, you can't. You just yeah gotta be extra because i don't know where I, everybody's just like do you know where you possibly caught it from where you're in a group i was like nah i wasn't i wasn't around like a bunch of people i was trying to be cautious you know you go to the gas station you taking money from people you uh you know just like just regular everyday stuff you know and uh i i don't know where i got it from like but, i'm rubbing yeah. hand sanitizer on my hand right now just because I'm like, oh, <laughs> time to sanitize. Um, did you do all the precautions before you, just like if you could give us the, like uh, a comparison before you caught COVID versus after, do you, like as far as wearing a mask, wearing gloves, face shields, yeah. uh, all those precautions, did you do it as extreme as you did like before you caught it versus after or any changes? Um, the only change was I stopped going to the gym. Uh, so I was originally before I caught COVID, I would go to the gym maybe like twice a week. I didn't want to go mm-hmm. like in, you know, every day or, you know, to, cause you know, there's germs in there or whatever. There's germs everywhere, but I just, so I would go to the gym like real early in the morning when nobody was there. Um, okay. and so I, I wouldn't have to be around people, breathe space and touching everything that somebody else touched. And so um, that was the biggest change for me. I would just work out at home right now, cancel my gym membership or whatever. But as mm-hmm. far as like the gloves and the mask and thing, yeah, I got sanitary wipes in the car. I got the hand sanitizer, the mask, every, three or four masks in the car. When I get in the, you know, when I get in the car, I'm wiping down my phone, wiping down my mm-hmm. steering wheel you know, uh, wiping down my hands after I go to the gas station and fill up, um, just all of that stuff, man. And now like I go, I have my own set of gloves, like, and I go out, when I go out, I put hand sanitizer on my gloves. Like when I come, <laughs> like literally when I'm when I walk into Sam's Club, Walmart, they got the little, you know, the uh, Purell thing station. I rub it on my gloves. You know what I'm saying? So, wow. so because you're taking your gloves off. Like when you get it, you know, eventually you got to touch them gloves and take them off and, you know, you yeah. might touch your face. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I think, you know, I, I did all the precautions. First, my first precaution was staying at home. And then I just Instacarted everything and kind of did everything. Then I was like, I need to get some fresh air. My dog was mad. He was barking like, take me outside. <laughs> you know, I, I took him for walks, but we didn't do like hiking and like I didn't go to the beach or do like the California stuff that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started to do, you know, do that more with more precautions. But I feel like a lot of some people you know, I'm going to say overdid it, but don't wear the the mask and gloves and stuff properly. Because mm-hmm. um, I was FaceTiming my mom and she was in uh, Home Depot um, and she had everything on. And she, she had on a face mask. She had on a hat. You know, she had on a, uh, one of those N95s and then had another mask on top of the N95. 
and had like a lab coat on top of her jacket. Um, and you know, like, and she was doing too much. She had the gloves on, um, you know, and did everything. <laughs> and she said, she was like, baby, I feel like I'm a fan. I said, cause you got too much stuff on. <laughs> like when is, you know, <laughs> when is it too much? Cause I'm like, I, I did, I made the mistake too. I had so much stuff on. I had the face shield on in a meeting with two masks. Um, and every time I talked, I felt like I sounded like an astronaut because, <laughs> because I started, it was like, I got winded. Cause I'm like, I got plastic protecting me. I got a N95 filtering me. I got another mask on top, a, a, a colored one. So it didn't look, you know, so my skin could blend. Um, and I was in there like, dang, you know, um, it's, it's a lot. That's all. It's just a lot. Um, I can't wait till the world is back up and running. Um, what you think about the vaccine? I don't know, man. I think it just came out too quick, bro. Like, okay. I, I just, I'm just real unsure about it. I mean, of course the government is going to back you into a corner and make you take it eventually. Um, just in, in indirect ways. I feel, you know, they're going to restrict you people from, coming into I, th- I think like games sporting events flying you know just stuff like that until or you know employment until you have taken you know this vaccine you know what i'm saying yeah. I'm, I'm just hoping that you know there are no side effects to you know this vaccine and that they've taken the time to to make to make sure all the kinks is out man it's yeah so when you got tested, when you got tested for COVID, did, which test did you do? The PCR one or the nose swab? Like the I did the what? What is the PCR one? What is that? I think it's the one where they do your blood to oh. see if you got the antibodies. No, I didn't do the antibodies. I did the uh, the, the 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 nose swab. Yeah. Did that? You know, was it as painful as people made it seem? Well, I went through uh, the CVS Minute Clinic, you know, drive through. So they you you uh, <laughs> you get the swab. So you. <laughs> Yo, you knew you had it when you went to the ER. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. When I went to the ER, okay. like, I already, you know, yeah, had right. it for a week. You know what I mean? Like, I had been tested okay. and stuff like that. So, okay. um, but, yeah, the second day that I felt like crap, I was just like, I need to go get tested. So, um, I swabbed myself, you know, because you do it, like, right in the drive through And I didn't even stick it in my nose deep. I just, like, did around the immediate, you know, nostril. I was just like, man... Because uh, mm-hmm. I, I was like, I'm not going deep down in my nose. I'm not doing that. And so um, mm-hmm. two days later, they emailed me with my results positive. And it's like, no, you can't like misconstrue that. It's, it's in big red words at the top of your yeah. positive. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. I got tested with the nasal swab. Um, I was on set for a project. Mm. Um and it was it was very uncomfortable. I, I felt like they were they did way too much. I felt like they was like taking it out like something out on me, anger or frustration, because they went all the way up in there. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways, <laughs> I'm back. I'm happy you back to you know back to moving. What's next for you? For you? What's next for you, comedy wise? Um, you know what? I'm not even sure, man, because you know. Because uh, everything is like opening and closing and opening and closing. Yeah. And so it ain't like people was knocking down my door to book me anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimate goals? <laughs> ultimate goals. Um, 
I am going to probably go back to taking some acting classes because I am passionate about acting. I love doing it just as much mm-hmm. as I love doing comedy. Um, okay. So, uh, but I, I mean, of, of course, I would just like, you know, in a perfect world, love to uh, be in a t- like a, a TV drama series, uh, mm-hmm. not, you know, nothing funny or anything like that because I like, you know, drama as far as like acting is concerned but okay. definitely want to continue to you know do the stand up and, and tour and stuff like that uh, coming out with a podcast most likely uh, at the top of the year well, what could you see yourself on right now? What could I see myself on? Um, I like Queen Sugar. I don't know if you ever watched that I have yeah. um, in the beginning stages yeah, yeah I, like, okay. I like Queen Sugar um, what else did I watch? It's so man, I've seen so many. <laughs> I couldn't watch P Valley. I'm sorry. What? I, just, I love P Valley. Oh my god, oh. that was horrible to me. Everybody, oh, baby, I just, I just needed the ratchetness in my life. <laughs> I, I think that's what it is. I think everybody has this like ratchet bone in their body that just needs to be tickled every now and then. And, and it's like my sister love it. A good friend of mine, she loves it. I'm just like, I, I couldn't watch it. I was just like, this is, I mean, besides them, the strippers, like, that was it. I, I, I couldn't, I just didn't enjoy it. The acting or the storyline or what? Just I don't I think I couldn't get past the acting to me, oh, okay. you know, and just okay. the, the storyline. It was just, a lot of it was just mad cheesy to me. You know what I mean? Um, I loved it. Then I, I, I would, I can't see myself in that in like a P Valley. <laughs> no, but you couldn't do the P Valley. I would. I ain't gonna lie. It's twenty twenty one. Yes, bring it now. Um, it was. It was just. Uh, I. It, it probably was like the ratchetness that was missing in life from being stay at home on lockdown. You know, like. Right. I loved it. I was like, I couldn't, I, I binged it and it was crazy. Wow. Yeah. Mm. But I love Grey's Anatomy and okay. Station 19. Okay. I've been watching that and For Life. Um, okay. Have you seen any of those? I haven't seen any of those. Um, okay. I loved, uh, I'm mad that they got rid of Shades of Blue with Jennifer Lopez. Um, okay. I ain't watched that. Oh, man, that was so good. Uh, okay. Um, I had a little, uh, you know, my guilty pleasure was Green Leaf. I don't know if you ever. Oh, I love Green yeah. Leaf. Oh, so mad. Oh, yeah, yeah. That pastor, <laughs> he played a pastor in everything. Don't he? <laughs> <I> always... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. Watch out for you. Podcast coming soon, twenty twenty one. You can see him doing impersonations on Instagram. Yeah. Shout out! Uh, shout out where people can find you. Yes, go to my YouTube channel. All you got to do is type in Mike Head is funny and you will see all of my impressions, a couple stand up videos, um, comedian Mike Head on Instagram. Um, Mike Head is funny on my Facebook fan page. Um, yeah. And go to my website, uh, MikeHeadComedy.com. And uh, yeah, it links to all of my social media, man. So that's what's up. Thank you so much, Mike Head, for just taking the time (laughs) to chop it up with me and, you know, dropping some of those impersonations. (laughs) Anytime, anytime, young lady, anytime.